and welcome to another edition of the True Patriot Outfitters podcast. Good evening, folks. Before we get rolling too far here, I just want to make sure and remind you, give us a like, give us a follow on the social medias. That is a huge, huge supporter. Get your family, get your friends uh, out there to do the same thing and mash that subscribe button at YouTube. I can't tell you or express just how big of a help that is to us to help raise uh, more awareness to the platform and keep uh, keep folks informed about our mission out there with uh, TPO, Romans, the whole shebang, man. Tonight we have a very cool episode here. Uh, this episode is going to be brought to you by a couple of our uh, long, uh, one one very long-term sponsor that I'm proud to say is going to be with us for 23 again, and that is All Terrain Tackle and Blackfish Gear. This uh, episode is brought to you by those guys. Go check them out when you get a chance. And then Amped Outdoors. Uh, my new new uh, uh, company that we're with here, we, we worked with them last year, now we're with them this year again. Amped has joined on board to help support our mission out there in uh, lithium batteries you can get that don't break the bank. Without further ado, after we've now paid the bills here, our guest tonight is the man in charge of the Heartland Kayak uh, Anglers, Mr. James Leggett. James, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Gene. Thanks for having me, man. You bet, man. Thank you for joining us here on our on our little little cast that's slowly growing up, slowly but surely. So yeah, man, you uh, you are the the crazy dude and the brains behind the Heartland Kayak Anglers. Talk to me a little bit about. Uh, let's we'll start with that, and then we'll, I'll backtrack and figure out more about you. But Heartland Kayak Anglers, what what does that constitute? That's are, the Heartland is kind of a big joint. Yeah, yeah, it is for sure. And, and by the way, the, the brains behind is kind of a big term. I don't know about that. but uh, I like setting uh, those expectations up there, man. Yeah, right. It's uh, Heartland Kayak Anglers is uh, myself and Rick Valadez. Uh, oh, nice. Another, another guy that I kind of met through kayak fishing uh, back in 2018. We were, we were both kind of new to the scene, and um, we just decided that, hey, let's go do our own thing. So... A couple of years ago, we started. We rebranded this year as Heartland Kayak Anglers, and um, we're maybe a little bit different than some of the state series in that we're not we're not contained by state lines, right? Right. So we're we're based in Omaha. We run a league night in Omaha, but we're also fishing Iowa, and we're fishing Kansas, and we're fishing Missouri, so uh, and Nebraska. So we're kind of going all over, try to hit the best waters that we can, keep it close enough to home. Right. That uh, we know, we know not everyone can travel eight hours for a tournament. I, I didn't hear Colorado in there, dog. Uh, <laughs> is that? <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> we get it. We get it. <laughs> we, uh, so, we we we've been out to Colorado to fish a couple of their tournaments. They run such a such a good show out there. And yeah. and you know this, bass fishing in Colorado, it's hard to get good water down there, right? It is, like, dude. Yeah, so you don't need a club from Nebraska coming and stealing permit time from you guys for uh, for tournaments. So. Yeah, it's we're we're blessed in the state to have two phenomenal clubs. Uh, the big one is the Colorado Kayak Fishing Club. Um, the newer kid on the block uh, that is affiliated with bass is the Colorado Kayak Bass Masters. You know, we got those two run by great people, great members, and all of them. And you're right, dude. Our resources are are, are they're kind of slim out here, you know, and it's. There, there really is some good water, um, but man, you got to share that with a lot of people and a lot of wreck boaters. <laughs> so you really got to get your windows in about when it's a good time to be out there for us. Oops, sorry. That's all right. We, uh, we came out two years ago. Rick and I came out and fished uh, tournament up at Horsetooth, 
Nice. And uh, I grew up in Fort Collins, so kind of my home waters. Right. Um, but I had never fished a kayak tournament there. I had never fished out of a kayak on horse tooth. And uh, I want to say it was June or July or something like that. <laughs> and, and I was I was amazed. I was at that. I fished off from that north ramp. Yep. And was fishing. There's that kind of that wall that runs just north south down along horse tooth. And yeah. you know, I'm ten feet from this wall drop shotting and there's paddleboarders coming in between me and the wall and I'm like what? <laughs> meanwhile you get the wake boat who doesn't even care that you're there so um, that sounds like July <laughs> yeah yeah great, great experience man I want to go do it again uh, my buddy Rick ended up taking third in that tournament good I'd stuff never caught a small mouth until that tournament my buddy had and he took third so good stuff yeah you know they're 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 really I mean the the fishing here when you understand Colorado fishing um, there, there are, you know, there's a decent uh, amount, you know, a decent, uh, plentiful amount of species, you know, to, to go hunt and, uh, and to, you know, basically engage, but it is tough. Um, and like you said, it's, it's not so much the fishing that challenges you the most here in Colorado. It's everything else, you yeah. know, that you got to work with. Yeah. But yeah. And I'll tell you for a guy who, who. I cut my competitive teeth up north in the natural lakes of Minnesota. I'm a transplant native of Colorado, 20 some odd years, but I didn't get serious about bass fishing until I got to Minnesota. Um, I was just kind of a recreational angler for the most part, you know, just enjoyed it. And then I got serious about hunting just bass as a species. And so, yeah, I, I this last season for me learning, uh, you know, how all my baits and everything the, the line size is getting shut down and bait size getting shut down i tell this to the people so i go to pickwick i'm staying in an airbnb with a couple of the guys uh, that fish the national bass scene right josh deal's sitting there he comes over and josh is a mountain of a human right he's like six seven three hundred pounds this is a big dude um good buddy of mine and he looks over my shoulder and he's looking at my gear as i'm fiddling around in my in my on my trailer there and he's like, is that really the size of the tackle you fish with out there? Because <laughs> he's from Georgia, man. He's looking at my stuff like it's like, what is this? <laughs> what is that tiny little thing? <laughs> like, that's my jig. <laughs> it's not the size of the jig that matters, Josh. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, the Colorado game has, has changed quite a bit on the forage. So that's awesome, man. So you guys cover like the you've got you know that the flyover states thing, you know, kind of yeah. in your region there that you guys go after, which is awesome, awesome stuff. I, I of all people can appreciate that's what draws me to the All American, uh, you know, kayak series basically so much is because of all the places they choose to go that nobody else wants to. Yeah, I, I doesn't make any sense. Uh, I've I've known Josh Booth for yeah. for quite a few years. I met him in 2018 when I started this, and he's just such a, a good genuine dude man isn't like, he man i love fishing his events i love fishing with him uh, yeah. he's just he's just a great guy to hang out with so when we started thinking about heartland kayak series and what that what we wanted that to look like we started thinking about what he had done with moyak yep. and uh so we've kind of modeled after that we do some of the same things that he used to do in moyak of course moyak's so big right now these kind of had to change things a little bit but dude um, they actually average higher numbers in Moyak than we do in the All-American. I mean, the All-American goes nationally from, like, Michigan to Texas. Moyak stays basically right down there, and they're they're putting 80, 90. 
I mean, they're averaging more guys than all the other pro series, if you will, except Hobie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. nuts. Talk about some hammers in Missouri. Holy cow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there are some good, good anglers out there. So. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, if you, if you love competition, you want to fish with the best, right? Yeah. So uh, we, we like to go down there to, to Missouri and, and fish with those guys, fish with all American guys. And, Heck yeah. uh, it's, it's been a great experience, not only as an angler, but also as a tournament director and how things should be done. So uh, yeah. Josh has, has kind of been my, I always look to him for advice. I got real lucky, man, that my first year in, the first competition that I got in last year in a kayak, my first time in competition waters in a kayak, was at the Truman Open. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so I go jump down on the Truman in, uh, I mean, I, and I had been in the, the Unlimited because I had taken it around here, you know, when as soon as the ice was off. In some cases, there was still ice, but I could still, you know, motor around. I was okay. But, yeah, dude, that, uh, that was, that was a, a heck of a, you know, trial by fire. But I got real lucky, man, that the first big series that I got in was the All-American run so tightly. It, it makes sense, though. Josh, is a, he's an angler, man. He's a kayak angler. He yeah. gets it. He knows yeah. what you and I are, are up against. You're the, in the same boat. That's what's going to, you know, be successful for you directing that stuff is that, you know, what you know what everybody's looking at out there. Well, I think, I think more than, than just being an angler, like Josh just understands people, right? Like yeah. he, he understands that as, as I understand that you're bringing a group of guys together to competitive fish and not everybody's going to win. You, you know, ch chances are, in fact, you're probably going to have four or five guys in a club who are going to dominate that, right? And what we kind of picked up from Josh along the way is even when we'd go to these Moyak events, these All-American events, he always made you feel like, you know, like, gosh, we're so glad to have you. Thank you. You're somebody. And it wasn't just about the winners. It was about all the guys. Right. And that's what kind of drives us in Heartland Kayak Anglers. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's, it's, so you're, you're, you're hundred percent correct. I, when I could barely spell kayak last year and I was started pinging questions off of Josh online about this and this, I, I originally, the first kayak, if, if you call it a kayak that I ever picked up was a blue sky boatworks 360 and I still have it. Um, it's uh it's not the angler version so it doesn't have the pedal drive it just has it's the pro version so it has the mounting for a motor which i now have on it as well but um that was kind of my thought i was like you know what my whole desire was get as close to a bass boat as i could man and that thing is four foot wide it's 48 inches looks like a catamaran you know i, I took my chunky booty out on one side of the pontoons and i'm standing out going holy crap this thing isn't going to move. This is as close to a boat as I can get. I can pitch and flip and cruise. And then I tried to take it to the water a few times. <laughs> like, God, that thing's heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great, uh, great concept. But man, there's a drawback, right? You got to trailer launch that thing. I mean, yeah. once you're on the water, it's, I could see that it would be awesome. But the other, the other piece that I will say about it is it doesn't like weight, man. You really got to watch your weight distribution or you'll, you'll swamp that thing super, super fast, really? you know, she, yeah, but, uh, it is, it is uh, cool just to kind of putz around with this or that, but, uh, yeah, man, that was, uh, I was bouncing questions off of Josh a ton, uh, through that. And he was just like you said, man, he was so helpful 
you know, explaining things to me so I could understand. Because there's a lot of concepts in the kayak game about um, that not every event counts. You know, you can cull tournaments. I'm like, what? What is this? I, I come from the MLF land and FLW land where five tournaments, by God, you're fishing all five. You right. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, that was super cool. I just found out, too, what was what was phenomenal. Find out he's a uh, retired Marine. Yeah. I mean, that's phenomenal. Just uh, lined up perfect for us, you know, over over here. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we chose right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not for nothing, though, not taken away those nebraska dudes man i uh, uh i witnessed firsthand um one of the guys from the sticks picked off our, our lewis and clark uh yeah. i i made a run at him there i was a quarter quarter inch out of second place and made third and he was if i if i could have called that last 15 incher that i had man i would have had a shot at him but uh Chil- childress i think is his last name mm. Ch- childers mm. yeah i'm, I'm not yeah and you, so your Nebraska guys, uh, uh, you, you guys are no joke either. So yeah, we've we've definitely got some hammers in this state. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Chris Longshore. Uh, yes. Uh, Tyler Alexander, Colt Volker, who runs the sticks. Uh, all excellent, excellent anglers, man. Yep. Uh, and you know, it's water in Nebraska is weird. Like, is it? Yeah, you know, we have to travel probably probably at least three hours to find a lake over 600 acres that's decent oh, for bass fishing. Wow. Gotcha. Right? So, so, and that's kind of why we decided like, okay, you know, let's go fish something else. Let's, you know, we can go over to Iowa two and a half hours. I can be on green Valley or three mile or 12 mile. One of those lakes. Sure. Uh, Okaboji's four hours away, um, which is, is fantastic. So Dude, that's, I can't wait for that event. That's going to be just lights out this year. Yeah. Are you fishing it with all American? Yeah. Yeah. So we're running our championship up there in September. Good stuff. Which, uh, which is an open. So you don't have to be a member. Uh, you don't have to qualify for it. It's, it's open to everybody. So I think it's uh, like September 17th, 18th. We have a two day mm. championship up there. So it's going to be just fantastic. Dude, that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be tough. I know our, our September, I know on the schedule is pretty jammed up between, all-american and ckb uh, yeah. things are getting pretty jammed up there but if not yeah i will absolutely because the things i've heard about that place i cannot wait um that one actually in the all-american i think we're going to have 14 or 15 is going to be the minimum size requirement before you can even record it so yeah. um i'm excited about that that's uh, that's going to be a ton of fun that'll separate the field a little bit i think and uh yeah. really big, change your strategicity big big small mouth right that's awesome yeah good stuff so one of the pieces here with uh, uh, with with the Heartland uh, kayak anglers that, I'm, that I was looking through the, the the website and so forth, like you said, you've mentioned this is that you guys travel all around here. When when does your season like this year here for 2023? What's the first stop? Where are you guys going? Yeah, so our, our very first stop is May 6th, right? Okay, and uh, we we do an Omaha Roadrunner every year. We nice. like to put it at the beginning of the year. Um, just because it's kind of it's kind of our chance to invite those new anglers in oh, okay. right, from the Omaha Lincoln Council Bluffs area that they don't have to travel a long ways. They can come meet some guys and then just kind of figure out what it's all about. Okay. Right? So May 6th, uh, then May 20th, we're at Elwood. Uh, Elwood Reservoir is middle of the state. Uh, fantastic lake, small mouth, large mouth. Um, 
some huge walleye in that lake for sure. Not nice. That, not that that's what we're chasing, but uh, sure. You know, if you're uh, if you're fishing a bass tournament and you hook into a 26, 27 inch walleye, yeah. That's still a lot of fun, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, if you're if you're if you're Ned Rig fishing out there, chances are you're going to find a walleye, guarantee. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, and then June 10th, I don't know if you've ever been to Wilson down oh, in yeah. Kansas. Oh yeah. Oh man, I I love that lake. So I, last last year at Wilson, and we co-hosted with All American uh, down there last year. I was at that event. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. yep. So I went into that weekend with my personal best smallie was 17 and a half. Wow. I broke it three times that weekend. I ended up leaving with a 20 and a half uh, smallmouth. Wow. Which was just incredible. That was, a, that was a schooling for me. I was still learning a lot of things. And um, I left there actually feeling pretty good. The, the, the results didn't look great on the, on the score, but there were so many other things it was difficult to try to explain to folks that, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm... I, I took a lot from this tournament, a lot of good that I learned from this because the very first night I got there, I don't know if you were there the Wednesday before the tournament. No. Yes. I got there Wednesday, took me two hours to deploy my camp. I got my camp all set up just so that a microburst little storm could come through, <laughs> rip my pop-up down, jab metal through my tent, through my uh, uh, freaking uh, air mattress, soak all my contents and and help me stay awake the rest of the night in the cab of my pickup truck because i was on one of those campsites that was kind of up elevated on the bluffs yeah and yeah dude i'm thinking dude this is kansas i guess (laughs) okay (laughs) and so i clean up camp the best i can the next morning and i'm like nah we're not doing this dude I'm, i'm not gonna deal with this so i ran 25 minutes or whatever down the road got a hotel room it's like i'm leaving my trailer at the campsite because i've already got it for the next few days so i'll just leave it safer there you know so i left my trailer there and yeah we just put the yak in the back of the truck and say here we go we're gonna get her done from here on out and so we you know we had so much adversity that we had to get through in day one um had i boated the fish that i had hooked into and not been you know stupid um, about certain certain aspects of my gear, I would have been sitting pretty well. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm confident in that. And then day two, we uh, we had a much better day, you know, come together. But by then it was just too late. And so still took a lot of good from Wilson, you know, from that deal. I like that place. It's a really nice place. Yeah, we're, we're really excited to get back there. I, I didn't have a great tournament there. Um, Day, day one All-American, I actually got pulled off the water for about two and a half hours because I had to deal with uh, gaming parks out there and permits. And we all thought we were good all under one permit, and I don't know, it was, it was crazy. Oh, gee. So, <laughs> so I had to get that taken care of. And day, day two was really, really slow. And um, I spent the afternoon of day two fishing with this gal on our club. Her name's Jennifer Solberg. Nice. Uh, keep your eye on her. She's absolutely fantastic has a lot of skills she's gonna go places but she any uh, relation to ron solberg that's out here i don't think so okay i don't think so but uh we uh we we went back to this little cove and this cove was we kind of went back maybe 150 yards and at the back of the cove there was a stand of trees and a drop-off not not a huge drop-off but a little drop-off and the water there was super muddy and uh we kept getting largemouth right on that dirty water right we wow just, and then there was like 
over on the east side of this cove, there was maybe two brush piles, not very big at all. And uh, the smallmouth were just stacked up in there. Wow. In the last 30 minutes, I caught two smallmouth over 19 and lost two more that probably were just as big. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to get back there uh, June yeah. 10th, which is going to be a fantastic time of year. Fishing should be really good. Heck yeah. Uh, I'm excited for that one. So now you guys at the Heartland, you have a, your full schedule. Now, are you an affiliate club for any of the big series like KBF, All-American? Are you an affiliate club for any of those? So, of course, the All-American, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we like that. I've been talking a little bit with Chad about, about doing the KBF thing. We did it uh, the first year we were around. Uh, we took the second year off. We weren't, weren't real sure what we were going to do. Uh, we've been talking a little bit, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll yep. see. Still, still trying to figure that out. Right. So I'm going to ask you and you just tell me, no, because I get it. You're you're in a different position. You there's there's you've, you've got a whole club and people and future to think about there. Me, not so much. You know what I mean? Right. So I ask questions and here's what I'm I want to bounce this off a guy like you that's got experience. As I've been talking through circles and, and I do interview a few people um, from a lot of, uh, you know, from the the highest ranks down to you know just where i'm at starting and getting going and when you talk about the big series out there the last name that keeps coming up and sometimes it doesn't even get brought up is kbf now this strikes me kind of funny because for a newbie isn't kbf kind of like the godfather i mean that's who kind of started and gave us a platform right yeah and then hobie and bass were like yeah, that looks like a good idea. <laughs> right. But it almost seems like they were like, here, let me show you how to do this. <laughs> and boom. And now for whatever reason, so I ask everybody I get a chance, what do you think? Because I mean, there's no question about KBF's popularity is dying. Um, it's falling off. And is it accumulation of some things? I know Mr. Hoover can sometimes be polarizing to some people. Some people don't mind him. Some people like him. Some people think he's off-putting, whatever that is. What do you think? Do you have any ideas on what you think? Why KBF is kind of like fizzling a little bit in the recognition game? Yeah. So, uh, and I have strong opinions on a lot of things. (laughs) Roger that. Good. This this is kind of one of them, right? Um, so I think there's a couple things. So I, I agree with you. I, th- I think Chad can be a strong personality sometimes. Yeah. People don't know how to take that, right? Right. When you're talking tournament fishing, most of us are dealing with local clubs. Guys like me, you know, they're not dealing with guys like Chad who are running tournaments, but they also have this whole social media thing, and they have to create content, and they have followers, and that's a lot of pressure, right? So He's I, a fast mover, man, and you gotta, you got to keep up with him. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think I think that's part of it. A lot of people don't know how to take his personality. I think the other part of it is that um, he, I think, Chad, there were some bad decisions made with KBF at one point. Sure. Right. Um, which, at the, at the very okay. least, unpopular. Yeah, un- unpopular. At the very and least. I don't, I, I don't necessarily know that that means that he was running a bad series. Or, right. I, I think, just like for me, with with Heartland Kayak Anglers, there's there's a learning curve, right? There's a lot to learn, and and sure. some mistakes were made, and or made, and when you have 
the personality that Chad has, and then you have the people who absolutely don't like Chad. Right, right. Right. And they have a social media platform that kind of drives that dislike. So I think there's, it's a little bit of everything. Right. Right. Accumulation of a, a lot of different things coming together. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I like to think that um, Chad did a lot of traveling this last summer. He stopped in Nebraska. He fished a league night with us. Uh, we've had some great talks. I think that he realizes where mistakes were made. He also realizes where his series sets. Um, and I think he's going to make some changes to make things a little cool. different. I think he wants to kind of get back down to the to the grassroots of, of kayak fishing. Yep. Right? Um, yep. He's still going to have the championships, and he's still going to have this program and that program. Um, but he's, he's also talking about things like, you know, just big get-togethers, big rendezvous where everybody yep. gets together and fishes. And I think that's an important thing in this, right? Yeah. Because, you know, when I, when I started, I wasn't going to go win. I knew that, right? I just wanted to go hang out with the guys and be part of something. <laughs> right, right. And I, I think what, what Chad kind of got back to this last summer was that, you know, we kind of need to get back to that. If he wants to keep KBF, yeah. you know, turn it around and get it growing again, I think that's where it's going to be for him. You know, and and not for nothing, he's he's uh, he's doing some things. I now I think that are very just, I, and I'm not judging him. I'm just looking at this from a business aspect, as I do have experience in that area. Um, Bass has a household name. Okay, even people that don't know our sports at all, they they recognize that blue logo. They know what that fish looks like. B A S S. You know, they they see that. Hobie has the attention because of just who Hobie is and the size of them and, and the fact that AJ runs a phenomenal series. Um, I wish, personally, they'd open up to the rest of the known universe and allow motors in there because then a lot of us could actually partake in this thing as opposed to it being a Hobie boat owner's tournament. Right. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> but at any rate, um, the the thing about the kbf is that when i mention kbf like in the non-endemic game um if if anybody understands that if you're going to try to make a run at this or you want to try to go further you you can't we can't all eat like like g-man said at the national professional anglers association that was just a couple weeks ago you got 150 puppies trying to eat out of this same little bowl of puppy food there's going to be a lot of them little puppies that aren't going to get some food. You need to get out of that pen and get in the other pen where that bowl's bigger. And that is the non-endemic side of things. Right. When the KBF can start getting that non-endemic side locked up, then we start to have a, a more recognizable name. Um, and I think the other thing they need to learn from the MLF, what the MLF is, could teach them, is that less complicated the better, man. Yeah. Don't make it, you know, you got to fish that trail and this trail, and then those two trails combined will equal this trail. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Simplify matters. And that's, that's just it with KBF. And I haven't followed it for a couple of years. Yeah. But I remember when I was just learning this game, it was all so complicated. Like, yeah. It was like, how do you know what's what? And, you know, I just want to go fish for money. That's all I want to do, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think there's much to be said for that. While, Maybe it is a good idea. Maybe it is a cool format. You you need to remember what's going to be the draw. 
because right. you still got that business to run. But I hope for, for all of our sakes that the KBF, Bass, Hobie, everybody keeps working together, coming together, because together our sport gets stronger. Um, yeah. There's there's more avenues for folks to, to, you know, get out there. And I love the diversity like that. That's super cool about the kayak side. Well, not not only the, the big national trails, um, yep. you know, the, the Hobie, the KBF, the Bass. And, and they all have their issues, by the way, right? Sure, I mean, sure. They all have sure. things that they need to get better at. Um, but we've got some really good local clubs yeah. throughout the country, you know, and, uh, it, it would be cool if somehow we could all fall under the same umbrella, you know what yep. I'm saying? Like, so there's a, a true championship, Yep. you know, that's, that's how I would like to see this thing. Well, you know, and this is what the segue that I was using this for was to, you know, enter in the all American as it's, you know, like you said, James has been running a tight ship up there. Um, he is making the connections across the U.S. now, you know, from literally from Michigan all the way to Texas and, you know, north to La Crosse, down into, you know, Louisiana. He's, he's connecting with the right places in, in the same, a lot of the same places you operate in. It's the flyover states, man. Right. You know, I, I, I'm going to sound like a real big pig when I say this, but it's only the best way that I can associate with a bunch of primarily male anglers to, to get my point across. And that is this. It's real cool to go to Gunnersville and Chick and Harris Chain every year. That's like, you know, Dayton taking the really pretty girl to the prom that has gone to the prom about 19 times with a bunch of other dudes that took her to the prom. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like sooner or later, man, this place is getting war. These, we don't have to do that in the kayak game. And I think that's what I love about the Heartland uh, kayak anglers. It's what I love about, of course, what drives me to the All-American is you guys are, are going to places that, you know, are phenomenal fisheries. Most people, when we say Okaboji, if you're outside of the, the Midwest, nobody knows what we're talking about. Yeah. But, dude, I'll put that place up. And I've never even fished there. But after hearing the stories from guys that I know that, you know, that are kind of judgmental on places, and these guys right. are like, no, dude, you got to go here. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fisheries like that that, you know, or mined lands. We're going there this year. Mm-hmm. You can't get there with a boat. And wait till you see what goes across our scoreboard, you know, on this. It is going to be just wild, you know, when, when you see these things. These can hold 200 kayak events, man. Yeah. You could hold these ma- massive events here. You know, the question is, can we get a, a town to get around it? If they know what's coming, you darn tootin' yeah. will get around it. <laughs> they just got to know that we can bring the show. Yeah. So... It's interesting to watch the All-American and, and kind of how it's growing and, and how it hasn't grown, right? Yep. Like, Because yep. if you think about the Wilson event last year, and Wilson, as great of a, a lake that it is, it's it's probably not great for a series like the All-American because there's not a, a town, a big-sized town close by to support that. Yep. Yep. So, you know, I, I hope that just because Josh runs such a, a good thing. Yeah. I hope that, and I, I think I see it with his, his schedule this year. Yeah. Um, that they're, they're going to really see some growth here. They pick some, some better lakes. Not that Wilson was a bad lake at all, but they've got that supporting demographic around them to, to help drive those tournaments. Well, you know, and, and Josh will be the first to tell you, Moyak 
sprung the All-American, right? That yeah. huge, huge following of Moyak is what created the All-American. Yeah. And then when everybody else saw that stuff, that's when it's like, hey, what do we got here? I know when I was snooping around, I'm like, well, these guys are doing exactly what I want to be doing, which is it's kind of regional, but it's still national. Yeah. And it's affordable. There's good payout, you know, comparatively speaking. I'm going to go against some phenomenal hooks in there. So it's iron sharpens iron, man. You know, that's the the thing you're looking for. And that's what's helped me kind of spring into then, you know, stepping up to the big stage of bass, of course, you know, and, uh, and, and play with those guys too, you know? So, and like I said, we'll, uh, so I got to ask the question, man, Heartland kayak, you guys allow motors? Absolutely. Uh, Yes. I knew I liked you, James. Absolutely. Well, so, so here's the thing though, right? A lot of the lakes around Omaha mm-hmm. are full of grass. Yeah. Right? The, a, a motor is going to change the way that you fish that. In, until last year, I was still paddling. Right? Now I'm, I'm in the uh, uh, a pedal boat, and um, it, it's changed the way I fish because I don't get as thick into the slop. I'm not, you know, throwing a jig into little pockets of water. I'm staying out on the perimeter because I hate pulling my drive and cleaning all the snot <laughs> off of it. Right? Yep. Yep. And I think I think motors are kind of the same way. So yeah. it makes sense. Um, it makes sense on big lakes when we go to Wilson, right? It's great to have a motor when you're on a lake yep. like Wilson. It's going to be great to have a motor when you're on the Okaboji. Uh, our Omaha Roadrunner, where our biggest lake is a couple hundred acres, and there's a ton of grass. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how much yeah. of an advantage it gives you, you know? To be, to be honest with you, I, I don't think advantage is the is the argument because like the Colorado kayak bass masters, um, we allow motors cause we follow bass rules. Bass right. allows motors. Our first two guys in points for angler of the year, neither one of them have a motor. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I don't think you can say advantage. Now, where does it come into play for me personally? Safety. When sure. the wind starts ripping here in Colorado, like it do, <laughs> And you're out there trying to fight against 15, 20 mile an hour sustained and then 40 mile gust blowing at you. Dude, you need to get off that lake. I love the fact that I jam on my my Newport EPS for my new canoe and I am me (laughs) a 60 pound thrust and I'm getting my butt out of there. Um, So, So back when I was paddling, right, I approached my tournaments in a different way than I do now that I pedal. I would break a lake down into 100 acre sections, let's say. I'm going to pick my 100 acres for that day, and I'm going to focus on that, and I'm going to stay on it, and I'm going to pick it apart. Yep. Now that I pedal, I'll fish that 100 acres for, you know, a third of the day. Yep. Yeah, if it's not there, I'm moving and looking for fish. See, and I I don't know if that makes me a better angler. I kind of feel like... I've lost some of my patience a little bit. Like I'm not, I'm not working an area like I used to. Yep. And, and that's where that all comes into play. And I think when you have a motor, it's even worse, right? Because it's nothing from, for you to go from this side of the lake to that side of the lake. See, and I'm a dude that loves to cover water, man. And so, right. you know, from day one, my objective is get as hands free as possible with the motor. And yes, I want to cover water. I know I can't, I can't exploit a lake pattern, 
right. like primary points at Table Rock or something. And right. No, you know, I'm still going to be in one, two creek arms at the most for the day. But nobody's saying I can't paddle into some weedy areas. Right. I just use the motor to get there. I love the fact that what a motor does is make it less about what kind of a uh, kayak uh i don't know what the term is but a kayak captain it makes it's less about that now and more about fishing right i didn't get in a kayak competition to see who the better paddler is <laughs> jody queen said this best man i interviewed jody uh last year and he said it best to me he says you know it just so happens that what i love to do is good for my health but right. that wasn't the number one reason why i got into it <laughs> And I'm like, Jody, I got you, brother. Heck yes. Same and same. So yeah. since we're talking about pedals and paddles and motors yeah. and all that, I mean, I think we can really bring LiveScope into the same conversation, right? Sure, sure. Because uh, is LiveScope an advantage? I don't know. I mean, I think it helps you. It's a tool. It's a tool. But I've seen plenty of guys out on the lake spending half the day looking at their LiveScope and not yep. fishing, you know? And uh if you use it right, good for you. Yep. But I see a lot of guys, it's a distraction. There's that California club that banned it from their deal. And I'm just going to go right on record. If any of them happen to be watching, ridiculous, guys. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Oh, my God. Right. You know, blow the dust off your, your flasher then if you really, really, really want to take her back. Right. You know, it's like, you know, we also used to dig holes and use the restroom in it and bury it that way. <laughs> We got plumbing now, you know, right. no, I'll say this personally. I, in 10 years on my boat, never had live scope and felt like I was getting my butt kicked by guys that had it. Um, and maybe if I were an offshore guy, I'd appreciate it more, but I'm a skinny water dude, man. I'm going to, I'm going to spend five minutes out there. And if I'm not seeing enough action, I'm gravitating back to what I consider to be shallow waters, you know, and I'm hunting there again. Right. Um, and that's why I like to cover water so much is because I know I have to at that point. But no, LiveScope, it's a tool, man. And, and I'm going to use it uh, in sparingly this year um, for certain applications. And if I don't feel like it's given me that much advantage, I'm probably going to put mine up for sale, to be honest with you. Um, right. Yeah, I, I've got it and I've used it. I, and, and the effectiveness, I watched three little walleye literally as my little bait dot was dropping down. I watched a little walleye come up, grab it, swim away. And I'm like, Hey, he's got my bait, <laughs> you know, and I hooked him and pulled him in there. But, you know, like you said, dude, you get so caught down here, your neck's jammed up and you're forgetting what's in front of you out there. So yeah, yeah so, it's, it's with me, but yeah. So I know like, um, James Strawbridge. He, he lives and dies on that live scope, right? Because he's, he's a big drop shotter, right? Yep. And, and that's his game. So what happens when, when he comes out to a, a lake that's got a max depth of eight foot? Yep. <laughs> you know, it's a different it's a different ball game than, than drop shotting for smallies at, you know, 40 feet, 50 feet. Well, and, and I think I know James well enough now, too, to say, yeah, you're going to see him put that thing away, and he'll go to work on a buzz bait, and he'll go to right. work. You know, it's that versatility. Yeah. But the argument that if you have it, it just automatically is an advantage. Now, nah, dude, that's that's the only people complaining are the people that haven't used it yet. Right. Use it and you'll understand that it's a skill set. Yeah. And if you want to fish like that, go for it. Yeah. No, thanks. So, Not so interested. 
No. I, I don't have it. No, I don't no. I don't even have side imaging. I've oh got wow. Regular old down scan and I just go out and do my thing. Good uh, stuff. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah, you know, it's 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 tools, right? It's yeah. tools that we use. Some people have real expensive fishing rods. <laughs> I refuse right. to put anything over about 200, 220 bucks in my boat. Because <laughs> right. I'm going to drop it in the water. I promise you something's going yeah. to the bottom of one of the lakes I'm fishing this year. I'm sure of it. <laughs> yeah, always happens. Always. Exactly. So now, do you guys in the Heartland, do you guys have a, a championship at the end of the year? You're... Are, yeah. So, yeah. so we do our, our championship this year is Okaboji, right? Oh, sweet. That's right. Uh, That's which, right. Yeah. You is, told me that, which is an open, um, we do it as a two day event. We do. So for angler of the year for our series, it's the best out of four out of six, Okay. Right? four out of six events, but the championship counts as two separate days. Oh, right? okay. So you're going to get points for day one that are going to stand separate than points for day two. Right. And we did so, it that way intentionally so that guys that can only make a few events, they still have a chance to get out there and compete and win the big That's run. That's what I was going to ask you. So the championship counts as two events then. Correct. So then your guys only have to fish two other events to get their, throw their, their hat in the ring. Exactly. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, it, it counts as two events, but there's only one payout for the championship, right? I see. Yeah. I see. Well, yeah, that's, you know, good, good stuff. Um, and you said the no no affiliations like with bass or anything. You're not a you're not a bass because you uh, you guys no, are multiple states, not one. Yeah. So we we had kind of talked about it. There is a bass um, club in in Nebraska that I uh, saw that. Yeah. So they're doing their thing. Um, we had talked about doing something in Iowa, and um, I, I believe Tyler Cole used to to yep. run the bass club in Iowa, and he's not doing it. And, this year is just not a good year. We just got too much stuff going on. And, yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I, I, I tend to fall into this trap of like, oh, hey, we need to do that. And I just need to take a step back that <laughs> and not do it, right? It's easy to get in over your head, isn't it, man? <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. And let me tell you, running a club doesn't pay worth a crap. Either. No, it does not. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I always say about my nonprofit. It's like I tell people, no, it's fantastic for the Karma Bank. It just kind of really not so great for the real bank. <laughs> You uh, you want to do what we do? You, you better be a part-time truck driver. Got to be okay with that, and right. you got to be okay with spending a lot of money because you're going to do them both. Yeah. So, the uh, I re- this year your your Nebraska bass. I was really really hoping that that uh, um, season or that event there that that we could pull some of the Colorado guys up there to help kind of bolster some of their numbers. And then they go and put their championship like the furthest possible distance away from us that they can. And <laughs> during a time that's conflicting with other schedules that we have on our local events here. So it's like, yeah, unfortunately, no, we can't help you guys. Yeah. So, yeah. so they were originally going to do that out on uh, Red Willow, right? Which yeah. is Western Nebraska, Great Lake. Um, we're going there, there was, a few there, times. There were some conflicts there uh, with different events going on. So now they've moved it. And I, I can't remember the date exactly, but it's at Wanahoo. Yep. Which is about 45 minutes uh, outside of Omaha, uh, about a 600-acre lake. Um, nice. It's It's got some big fish. We uh, we did a tournament there two years ago, and it took 94 and a quarter to win it. So, wow. Uh, there, there's definitely some big fish in there. Last year we fished a tournament. Uh, it was our first tournament of the year there last year, and the wind was blowing about 
40 miles an hour, and uh, I think there were like 10 people out of 42 that caught them. And so, you mean at Christmas? Yeah, it, it can be finicky, but there are some monsters in there for sure. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, awesome, man. So the uh, how long? Let's let's get back. We're gonna kind of roundabout this thing here. Let's talk about you, man. What? Uh, so besides running all the fishing stuff, what is it that you do for a living? Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I run a club for a living. Right. But, but to, to pay the bills, my day job. Uh, I work for a company called American Solutions for Business. Uh, okay. We're based out of Minnesota. I get a home office, which is awesome, and I'm in the the print and promotional business. So, awesome. I, I do. I, I work with a lot of clubs. I worked with Kansas Kayak Anglers last year. I do all the stuff for for Josh, uh, both for Moyak and All American. Um, help Iyak out on some stuff, so I do a lot of that. And then I also work with big corporate clients, also putting together marketing programs, basically for them. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, and uh, like I said before, we're gonna have to eat. we're gonna have to chat because. Uh, I'll tell you basically who we use because we've been we've been doing a little. So the evolution of the True Patriot Outfitters last year, we had an online tackle store. We were a dealer with Tackle HD, Naco Tungsten, uh, Vicious Fishing. We were set up, you know, with several that we could sell their products. And of course, we did some apparel and such. Um, this year with us, uh, you know, leaving the LLC world behind and now being a full fledged nonprofit, we've gotten rid of all that we we no longer are selling any of that we're not deep being a dealer for any of that the only thing we are keeping is a few swag items from our source right. um and we use that to kind of just generate some side funds basically for the for our general funds that we use for operation sure. um you know on that so yeah our, we've we've gone through quite the evolution there on our side uh, a, a little bit on that but well, now i'm sitting on a ton of inventory that i got to do something with here <laughs> you know those um those things, the promotional items, they're so underrated as far as marketing, right? And yeah. even though you're a nonprofit, even though we're running a small fishing club, yep. it's important that we market what we do. Have right? to. You want people to know what True Patriot Outfitters Outdoors is all about, right? You want people to gravitate towards that. Yep. And you're doing it right, right? I mean, you got the podcast, which is a great way to promote it. But yep. what's the other piece of that? Um, and, and the swag certainly helps, right? Because... Yep. If I have a true Patriot hat on and I'm out on the water and someone's like, Hey, what's that all about? Now there's a story behind that. And I can share that story and, and help drive what you're doing, uh, which has meaning, right? It's important to people. And, uh, so it's not just t-shirts and hats. Sure. You know, I think like, um, we had, we had some, some questions last year about like, how was money being spent on club swag? Right. Well, we have sponsors, right. That we have an obligation to. Yep. And there's some people out there that kind of feel like sponsors give us money to give to anglers. And I I don't, and I don't see it that way. No. Sponsors give us money to drive participation to our events, to drive their brand, right? Like we want to be out there talking about their brand. That's what that money is for. It's, It's not for me to take, 2500 bucks from this sponsor and hand it off to my angler of the year. It, it's not like that. No. It, it's all about just driving that brand, driving Shields, driving Vicious, driving whoever your sponsor is. Sure. Putting their brand out there. It's a partnership. You're helping them get business. They're helping you get attention to your club. And, yeah, there may be a little bit of money left over at the end where, you know, you can put that towards trophies, angler of the year, all that sort of stuff. Sure. You know, that's one of the things that I will say the with the advent of social media, 
what was kind of staggering to me is how many all of a sudden marketing geniuses just started sprouting up everywhere. Everybody's pretty much sure they know how to market. Um, in most cases, 98% of the folks that reference the word marketing are actually talking about advertising more than they're talking about marketing. They don't understand what marketing strategy actually and truly looks like. I do have a background in this. I have an educational background in this. And it's the one area I try to teach a lot of the new guys coming in that you need to understand what, you know, Amped Outdoors, they're, they're with us because they believe in us and we're on board with them because we believe in them. That relationship that we're working together, yes, my objective is to show you why I love Amped Outdoors and drive business their way because as they succeed, I will succeed. Right. People forget that, that, you, man, right. you know, and the other piece is when they say the word branding so many times, they reference, well, like Coca-Cola, like Pepsi homie stop stop right now because you're set up to fail already because if people even had the inkling about how many years and how many millions of dollars were spent on the dairy queen logo mcdonald's do you think that happened over a 10-year period not even close it's synonymous now brand the nike swoosh millions and millions of dollars and most little companies like us we're never gonna get that right. what i what our goal was when we created this little badge here was to be familiar around the areas we drive right. they may not even know what it is but when they see it you know i've seen that before right. and i get that with my vehicle wrap when i drive around i literally pulled up to this one uh this one event, uh, they wanted me to come in and talk about the TPO a little bit. And I pull my truck in there and the owner's sitting there and he's like, Hey, I was behind you on I 25 the other day. Cause he saw the back of my truck and it's like, it's, it's working. That's the marketing doll. That's marketing dollars working. He didn't know who I was. Didn't know what I did. He didn't piece it together when he heard I was coming, but the moment he saw me and I guess what we had a common ground immediately. Hey, I was behind you. Hey, how's it going, man? Right. <laughs> Relationship yeah. building. Yeah. You know, and that's, yeah, it's, it's a, it is a big, bigger topic. And there's reasons why people make 150 a year to do it right. You know, <laughs> yeah. for, for sure. And it's, it's every, it's on a different level here, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're right. We're, we're not going to be the Nike. We're not going to be no. the McDonald's. But we're still trying to accomplish the same thing on a small. Absolutely, scale, absolutely. Right? Set so. your set your goal right in your little market, yeah. and amongst your people. And then, yeah, like you said, you sooner or later, people are like, "Hey, what's that all about? I've seen that before." Right. It's like there yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, good stuff, man. So that's uh, that works out well to be running a club and doing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's great as long yeah. as I keep my focus where it needs to be. Right. What? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm not gonna lie, I've, I've got an attention span about this big. So if I'm like working away and I'm working with one of my corporate clients and something kayak fishing comes up, I'm like, I'm automatically diverted. Dude, if I don't have a to do list on one of the three monitors that I have in front of me right now, if I could turn this camera, you would see you're in front of me. I got it in their 27 inch monitors. I look like I'm flying a freaking space shuttle here and they're all full with stuff. right now. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, if I don't have a list in front of me, yeah, I don't go to bed till like one o'clock. Cause it's like, Oh, I should probably do this. Oh, I could do this. 
I got you. I got you. And it's because we gravitate towards the fun stuff, right? And that is the kayak fishing, you know, community. So the last piece I want to talk about with is just really, you know, it, this is the part that's close to home for us. I always try to round this around with anything that I do with the podcast is, you know, recreational therapy. It's a real thing. Um, there is there is documented uh, cases on this now. Medical medical science backs it. It is real. We may not understand the total reasons why, but they've got a lot better information now. They they took it out of alternative therapy and moved it into what's known as complementary therapy now. Um, that's given it a lot of ground. Um, it works for many people. For anybody, um, it can provide you know benefits for for you know PTSD, anxiety, depression. No matter what walk of life you're from. We choose to focus it on the veteran first responder community, those that serve. We try to serve those that serve. Um, for you personally, you know, we, you and I were talking about this off air. For you personally, that, that relationship you have with kayak fishing, just talk a little bit about that, just the outdoors and kayak fishing, what it means to you. Yeah, so when I think about my earliest memories fishing, it was fishing with my dad. Right? right, like down in Arkansas, down in Mississippi, Oklahoma, just wow. all these great fishing trips. And and as I got older, my dad and I, we butted heads just like a lot of young men and their dads do. Well, you got smarter than him, of right. course. <laughs> but we always had fishing, right? Right, And we, we always had fishing. And so no matter what the complaint was about each other, we always had fishing and we could always go back to that and be, be close to each other. That's awesome. And, uh, so that's what it is for me. It's it's about relationships and how do we use this to serve a greater good? And I, I know that it. sounds a little bit hokey coming from a guy who runs a small club in Nebraska, but we have the power with a small club to do an awful lot of good. Yeah, we do. Right. And, and not just, and I don't mean just within our club. Obviously we want to create a, a, a platform for our anglers to come in and uh, they feel welcome and they feel like they're part of something. But we can also do things for the community. Last year, you and I talked about this a little bit. We did a, a fundraiser for all McDonald House charities. We did a Omaha citywide bass fishing tournament, boat, bank, kayak, all Omaha public water. If you want to fish a small park pond, you could do that. If you want to fish a river, you want to fish a lake, however you want to get on the water, uh, go fish it. We had a, a tournament. That's end awesome. Of day, end of the day, we raised just short of $30,000. Damn. Right? So there's a couple things. And, and going into that, we didn't know what that would look like. Right? We didn't really, when we first met with Ronald McDonald House, we're like, I don't know, we'll raise four or $5,000, you know, and kind of do our thing. But going into that, what I knew was, one, we could do good, which was going to help a, a nonprofit, right? Ron McDonald House in this case. Two, we could use this as a tool to build our own community. Because I tell you what, if you take a bunch of men and women and you work on a project together, like a fundraiser, yeah, doing something good, your group is that much tighter. Absolutely. And so it was, I mean, it was just a win-win for everybody, man. It was, it was awesome. Uh, we're taking a year off this year. We're going to get back at it next year. Um, but it's, it's just a good experience. And it was a good experience to do something for them, but it was, it was really good for our group. And we have just, I don't know, man. I just, I, th I think about the, you want to have good people in your group, right? Yes, like, so you want to fish with the best anglers, but more than that, you want guys that have, have good character. Yep. Right? Yes. Right? And, yeah. and what we find is those guys who don't have good character, 
they're going to find a way to weed themselves out. Yep. And, and we're okay with that. You know, when we kind of started this, we're like, oh, let's get every angler we can to come fish with us. We're going to have this huge series. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. That's now awesome. It's, it's like, let's get some guys who understand what we're all about, who want to work with us, not on just a great kayak series, but on doing good for something. Doing something and, bigger. Uh, we're, we're blessed, man. We are so blessed to have the group of guys and women that we have uh, in this club. Um, it, it's awesome. Awesome. You know, a couple points on that. First and foremost, thank you for all the work you're doing out there because it, it, what you're doing is, is very much a, an echoing exactly of, you know, what we set out to do as well is take our love for the sport and then find ways to really impact. It's not about the gambling for the money. It's not about the, you know, this or that. It's the love of fishing and it's the love of actually joining our worlds together to impact, start at home and let it go bigger. Um, we are very blessed here in the state of Colorado to have the Colorado Kayak Fishing Club. They do the very same thing. Every year they, they pick a nonprofit that they work with as they're a nonprofit, and they take portions of memberships and, and sponsorship stuff, and they make a donation to that nonprofit, you know, in the state um, that, you know, is working around there. They were founded on that principle, and they've carried that forward now for the last, I want to say, if, if memory serves, I want to think it's, uh, I want to say it's about 10 years uh, that they've been doing that. Um, and each board that gets elected understands that's the torch they're carrying now, you know, as they go forward. So that's, that's a, a super, super cool thing. And it's, once again, it's another kayak club, right. you know, I, and, and that's one of the things that I will tout, you know, because I've been in both and I can tell you that while I'm proud of some of the, the other clubs and the work they do with kids or the work they do with conservation efforts, I really do appreciate the way that the kayak community tends to absolutely be very community driven uh, to find ways to in, impact change back. The last point I wanted to make is when you said you were talking about how many, you know, one little piece that you're doing here, you know, if, if we can impact a little bit in our community. One of the things that I've learned being around, you know, this, the nonprofit veteran support service piece, one life, that's our goal. One life at a time. We're, we're here to remind them how much we, we love them. We're here to remind them how important they are to our communities, how needed they are, and that they're not alone. And if we can, you know, put them together with other folks that have walked there in their, in their boots, you know what I mean? Then right. we've done our job as, as true patriots at that point, as it we're connecting them with others and getting them resources. And a lot of times, dude, that's just, just go fishing with them, take them out, show them what you love to do, teach them how to wacky rig, you know, through this stuff. You catch anything from, <laughs> from corner to, you know, fence post to fence post of this great United States of America. You yeah. can catch something on a wacky rig, man. <laughs> so maybe something you might need a shot for too. <laughs> That stuff will catch anything, <laughs> you know, and that's really the name of the game is, is, um, we actually are, are thinning down the number of kayaks we have. We started off with, uh, five, then we went down to four. Now we're going to reduce down to three is what we're going to do because the optimal number for us is taking a pair of folks out, be it a husband, wife, uh, you know, spouse unit, or just a pair of first responders or vets that have similar experiences and keeping it smaller because we believe the impact is bigger as we get bigger we'll pick on more people and then we can expand again but i we pulled the reins back on this going you know what it's awesome that people want to support us like that and really make it so that we could be bigger but we know where that healing comes from is when it's a little bit more drawn back a little bit more personal and so 
yeah, we just just means we got to do that many more trips. Oh, darn, you mean I got to go fishing more? All right. <laughs> See, and I'd, I'd say that that being said, yeah. if you guys run into to people who need someone to fish with out here, send them Heck our yeah. way, man. We'll, we'd be happy to spend time oh, with, yeah. with them. So. Dude, that's why I'm uh, I'm actually still embedded deeply, and my heart is still with the Romans Warrior Foundation, and that is because uh, we provide what we call the Warrior Field Ops, which is camping, fishing, hiking across the country. Right. TPO operates in Colorado. That's what we do inside our borders. But Nebraska and these other places have phenomenal fishing out there, and as we get more embedded with a lot of those communities, you bet, brother. I will yeah. keep you guys in mind. I'll direct them right to you over there and say, hey, this is the group of guys you need, you know, guys and gals you need to check in with. And uh, who knows, then maybe I can sneak in one of those events with and let you guys beat up on me for a while. <laughs> Make fun of the fat old Colorado guy running around out there in his blue new canoe. <laughs> But with a motorbike, I'll tell you that. I'll be scooting across <laughs> there with my fat booty. <laughs> well, listen, brother, I can't thank you enough for stopping by and chatting with us. Um, I am looking forward to this coming season and getting a chance. I'm going to watch this schedule very closely and see if there isn't at least something we can jump in with you. Um, we've, uh, we've got a pretty stacked schedule there, but I think there's still a couple areas that we can keep open and, uh, uh, and still try to squeeze out there and, Awesome stuff on all the work you guys are doing out there. Folks, make sure and get out and check these guys out at the Heartland Kayak Anglers. If you're anywhere in the Midwest out there and you're looking for a group to just kind of step outside just your normal waters that you might be fishing here, this is, uh, if you want to get with good people that fish some awesome, uh, awesome stuff, this is where to go. Heartland Kayak Anglers. Hit them up on Facebook. You'll find them out there. Do you guys have a YouTube yet? or Not yet. We're, Not yet. We're, we're working on it. So we, Perfect. Uh, we do we do a little podcasting ourselves throughout the season just to give a little love to our sponsors. Sure. So uh, once we get that up and going for this year, you'll you'll see some stuff out there. Yeah, let us know what we can do to to help uh, boost that as well, man. We'll awesome. we'll highlight you, we'll collab with you, and try to drive some traffic your way. You bet. Awesome. So awesome stuff, folks. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. Check out uh, the Heartland Kayak Anglers as always. Uh, James, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And folks, thank you for all the love and support you continue to show us here. We absolutely, absolutely could not do what we're doing without you guys staying behind us and, and driving this uh, this whole thing forward. Um, and uh, like I said, the the likes, the the the, uh, the follows, all these things are so so important to us. So please make sure and, and get that piece in there. As always, folks, tight lines and be safe. Together!